This is Victor Sio and welcome to the Diaspora Entrepreneurs Podcast. The Diaspora Entrepreneurs Podcast is an entrepreneurial podcast for Africans and Caribbeans in the diaspora who wants to be in charge, have the confidence to challenge their economic realities by leveraging digital tools to create wealth and an unshakable mindset. My guests on the show are over Shivas, risk takers, doers and entrepreneurs from the diaspora community worldwide and key people of interest that I learn from. I am an advocate of moving to Africa to build Africa while creating recurring revenue digitally. The Diaspora Entrepreneurs Podcast is available on Spotify, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, on our website www.diasporachiefs.com and other major platforms. Click the follow or subscribe on your favorite platforms to get notifications on latest episodes. My purpose is to inspire exponential living using digital entrepreneurship. So from Victor Seo, I would say be great and happy listening. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another wonderful episode of the Diaspora Entrepreneurs Podcast. I am your host, Victor Seo, the Diaspora Chief. Today, you know, we are heading off towards 2023 and I believe if you're still relying on one source of income, I think you should take a rethink of that strategy because with the current high cost of living, we never know. And I think one source of income is you sustaining yourself or not looking at the big picture because when you go out to the grocery shop, so you go out to the market and you get slammed with huge bills, or when you when you see the total in the receipt, you're like, what? And start putting, putting back stuff in the shelf then you realize that, you know what, this is actually the new normal and reality is staring you in the face. But that's not what I want to talk about right now. What I want to talk about is my amazing guest that I have in the studio, my visual studio. You know, in the last three years, she has spent the last three years, she has learned a lot on how to start the business fast. You know, she came up with these three steps that, she's, that we're going to talk about. You know how to learn to start a business fast. So with this model, she has outlined how to help you make your first one thousand dollars online, and then scale this to make more money. That's what that's what entrepreneur is all about. So she will. She has learned how to eliminate guesswork and frustrations, and how to like hold your hand to walk you through those steps. But that's not what I'm here. She has an amazing story, and you would love her. See today. I have Vanessa Gowora in the studio. Hello, Vanessa. How are you? Oh, I'm great. How are you doing? I'm excellent. I'm good. And it's lovely to like catch up with you. Yeah, um, it's awesome. Great, great, great. So, um, Vanessa, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? And I'm more interested in where you are right now. And oh, you- okay. Um, right now, I'm in Mauritius. Um, okay, so a little backstory about me. I grew up. And, you know, I was born and raised in Zimbabwe. That's very close to South Africa. And I grew up in a family of go-getters and high achievers. So my parents and, you know, my siblings, you know, it was always about let's do the best we can with what we have. So I grew up in that kind of family where, you know, from my siblings to my parents, they just wanted to do the best they could. So they were into art, they were into sports, they were good at school. So I always felt like it didn't fit in with my siblings because I was like, oh, wait, 
my, my siblings seem not to struggle with school as much as I am. They seem to fit in well with the way school has been set up. So it took me a while for me to figure things out. When I went to boarding school when I was 13, that was when my life shifted because I could truly venture out on my own and figure out where I wanted and who I was as a person. And that's also when I discovered my passion for writing. It, before, I never really knew that was what I was good at because I was trying to fit in to the mold of who my siblings were. I was like, okay, let me try being a great artist. You know, Let me try doing sports. Let me try being great at school. And it almost felt like I was being genuine to myself because it wasn't something that I was really good at. So when I was in boarding school, I learned these things. And even though school was still a struggle and I still didn't actually understand you know, this new thing I picked up, like, okay, where can I take writing? You know, I still worked on, you know, passing and graduating from high school because, you know, when you're from Africa, the most important thing is graduating from high school, you know, our parents tell us that. So I graduated from high school and I went overseas. So I was in Asia for two years, Malaysia. And, you know, I was, what happens in Asia is usually they pair up with, schools overseas like in America in the, or the UK or even Europe so I got into a program that allowed me to go to Switzerland you know to finish my education but because my parents had this you know trouble coming up with the money because it was <laughs> Europe you know I had to spend a whole year by myself and while people were graduating from university I was still at home and I really had to figure out myself and truly you know, understand, you know, that, you know, you're in this life not to compete with other people or not for validation or approval, you know. Success is not, you know, linear. Sometimes people figure things out, you know, in, in buckets. Sometimes it's more of, you know, after obstacles. So that was me. Like, I figured things out after numerous obstacles. So that was when I also found out I had ADHD while I was at home. So I figured out a lot of things, you know, in that whole year, when I was by myself and I was like, okay, am I gonna you know, finish university? So eventually I did finish university, I graduated and then I got a job and it just didn't seem like it fit in. After all the stress and trying to get here, all the money spent, I felt completely and utterly miserable in the job. I was like, wait a minute, is this what being an adult is? Am I supposed to feel you know, miserable my whole life? Like the pay is low, you know, my, my my bosses don't actually consider my opinions or they'll be like, oh, it's too expensive or they don't understand the scope that I'm giving for them to actually grow their business. So I felt like I was just there. But you know what? I There was a part of me that was like, okay, this maybe is what being an adult is. So I continued with that until eventually, you know, I, I couldn't get another job, you know? So I was unemployed for about three years. And no matter... When you say when you say you had numerous obstacles, was this as a result of um, did you get diagnosed um, with ADHD or or this? Um yeah, it it was sort of like uh, it was both ADHD and everything else because I had this diagnosis that prevented me from truly moving forward. Like I was like, okay, I've got ADHD you know, what can I do in order for me to change my life around? But it felt like no matter what I did, it was a struggle. 
like that's why work was always hard because I'll get bored easily or I'll lose concentration or I just, just didn't feel motivated to actually do anything or just want to sit there. So that was another obstacle, but also limiting beliefs was another obstacle because I failed. I felt like I was a failure, not, be, not, you know how, like when you fail, you're like, okay, you know, how can I improve? For me, it felt as if I'm a failure. I am not going to ever achieve anything. I am stuck in this, this position. It's never going to move. That, that's sort of like what I felt. And then there was also the other stuff like feeling rejected. And so a lot of the obstacles were, yes, they were physical obstacles, but a lot of them were emotional obstacles that I, I sort of had to come. Yeah, because, because, because now, fast forward now, you're living your passion, you're enjoying what you do, you're fully focused. So if you rewind back, I wouldn't be so quick to say, oh, it's HDHD because I can't focus, I can't like, I get bored easily. Those were not something that you really, really like. Because I don't know who yeah. said who who made the sentence, who made the statement or the quote that says, if you take a fish from the water from the ocean and put it yeah. to the tree and tell the fish to like jump from tree to tree, the fish can't. That doesn't mean the fish is not a genius when it comes to no, you are right. I mean, I think for me at the time, I didn't understand that was what what was happening. It was more of a thing where I was like, okay, I'm supposed to do this, you know, because it was it was such a struggle. So as I was studying ADHD and learning what it really was, because even though I was diagnosed at 23, that's that's old in ADHD years. You know, normally you're told when you're seven or eight or nine or 10, so that you have your whole lifetime to figure it out. But I was told as an adult and I was like, okay, I have to quickly figure things out. So then I was like, okay, I'm a person who passion and purpose is drives me. If I don't like something, you're right. I, I'm not motivated to do it because that's why I'm a, I'm a very passionate person. No matter how difficult something is, I don't give up on it because I love doing it. So it took me a while to figure that out, but yeah. I think one of maybe you might not, or maybe you know, I don't know, but you are very lucky to to get diagnosed at the age of twenty three because if you were diagnosed at a very young age, you would have the like the mental capacity to like figure things out yourself. If you were diagnosed earlier, you may. I'm not a clinical guy. I'm not, you know, but what I'm just observing being um being a, a mental strength coach i'm certified anyways being a mental strength coach these are some of the things that i see people like struggle with and i won't be so quick to go on the diagnosis route and say oh this is a stamp bum because yeah. we all have different intrinsic motivated moves within us and when you find your place of genius like yourself you just like fly with it and yeah. it's, like hold you down so yeah you're right though um i think when if i had been diagnosed younger i would have been told to go on on medication you know and i i did try the medication route and the one thing i was so thankful for is i felt like i didn't like it i didn't like how i felt when i took you know the medication and that was like, okay, you know, it's not working for me. Yes, I do become 
more razor, I'll say laser focused, but I don't like feeling like I'm hooked on, on drugs. But if I was diagnosed when I was younger, I would be living with that where I'd be like, okay, I have to take my medication. If my medication doesn't work, I have to go on other medication. And medication all has side effects, you know? Like one of the things, the side effects of the medication I was taking was I was very numb when it came to emotions. Like you know, someone would be telling me something sad and I would just be looking at them like I'm not moved at all, you know? Or if I was now coming off my medication, it would feel like I was um, almost like coming off a high. You know, And I didn't like that. I didn't like the fact that I had to rely on medication to make myself feel better about it. So I was like, you know, I need to fix my mental health rather than fix myself through medication. So that's led me on a journey of really, you know, eliminating limiting beliefs and finding ways to improve myself in my routines and just basically making myself feel better without medication. How did you find your passion? How? Um, okay, so I found my passion when I wrote my book, my first book in 2017. And as I was writing the book, it became very therapeutic. Yeah, in case you can't see, that's me clapping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It became very theoretic because as I was writing, there were so many things I hadn't thought about in years that just came up to the surface. And then that was when I was like, you know, this is something that I really love to do. Like writing from the age of 13, writing has become a, it's a very, it's natural to me, right? So I then created a blog and then I was like, I want to help people find a passion and a purpose because I seemingly found mine through writing. I realized that I wanted to help people, you know, find how to, you know, go for their dreams and inspire them to go for their dreams because my whole life, it was more go the normal route, right? A paper takes you everywhere. And that's what I thought was the actual thing that, okay, paper will take me to ABC, will take me heights, but that's not my reality. My reality was I did get the education. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for the opportunities, but having an education from the best, one of the best schools in the world. Like Switzerland, going to Switzerland is no joke, right? But that could not help me with where I wanted to go. And you know, then I was like, okay, clearly nine to five doesn't help. It doesn't work for every single person. There's some people who are blessed and they get the right job and they get the, the great benefits. You know, I've got friends who, you know, are living the life, but I've also got friends who, are struggling to make ends meet, was struggling to get a good job, was struggling to actually buy a house. So, you know, it's not the end or be all. So that's how I kind of found my passion. Wow. You're taking us on a journey now towards learning how to start a business fast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, the first thing is, you know, in order for you to start a business fast, you need to first have a passion. And you also need to know what your purpose is because when you know what your purpose is, then you can start your business faster. A lot of people tend to go down the, I wanna make money fast online, so I'm gonna go with what's popular. So they'll start something that is, you know, popular. Like, um, 
multi-level marketing businesses are very popular because we were like, oh, I make money fast. But you do get burnt out by them because a lot of people aren't passionate about that. Or even some people will go with the, you know, going with the whole ClickBank. I don't know if you've heard of ClickBank. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people, I remember when I started out, a lot of people were telling me, go to ClickBank, you'll make a lot of money, you know, purchase these courses and then start promoting them. And I realized that I was chasing the money rather than my purpose. And that's when everything shifted for me because I eventually gave up. I was like, you know, why am I in it? If it's just for money, then obviously, you know, it's not going to work out. Okay, so once you find your purpose, right, you then find out your, like, your how. Like, I, it's, it's basically your why, your how, and your what, right? So why are you doing it? Who are you serving, right? And how are you going to serve them? So basically, who is, you know, what people do you want to serve? So one of the things I learned early on, um, there's this guy called Steve Osso. He basically said that, you are two steps ahead of, you know, one person that's trying to figure it out. So he gave an explanation. He was like, a fifth grader is a rock star to a two-year-old, to a second grader. And it is true because, you know, sometimes you only need to be one step ahead in order for you to understand how you can help someone. So I can give an example. Let's say you are into you know, planting, like, you know, the tips and tricks to make plants grow really well, like you are an excellent gardener, you've got green thumbs, but then there's someone who doesn't have green thumbs, and wants to learn how to become a great gardener, you, even though you might not be an expert, as the lingo says, you are still an expert to that person, because you know, something that they don't, so you can take what you know, and teach them, so that's basically your who, right, your how is how you're going to serve them, is it going to be through services? Is it going to be through information products? Is it going to be for, through memberships, courses, ebooks? So when you figure that out, you become clear. So clarity is a very important process in building a business because if you're not clear on why, you know, who and how, you're going to be fumbling a lot and you're going to spend years trying to figure it out because you're trying to fit the mold, but it's just not it's just not clicking. It's like trying to, you know, finish a puzzle, right? And the pieces just don't click. That's basically my whole process. No, I say, I say it can happen in five days. Um, yeah, I mean, it can happen in five days. You can basically start a business within by the end of five days and make money. Because one of the things I teach, which is the easiest thing to do, is you teach through, you can become a coach or you can become a service provider. Sometimes it's going on the phone with someone and saying that, hey, here's the step-in-step -step process. Yeah, here's how I can help you. So within five days, you can actually, you know, complete a business. Because if you figure out your why, your who and your how within the first day, you build your website on the second day, the third day you look for your clients, you know, and the fourth day, that's when you actually hone in with your clients. Yeah, within five days, it's possible. Excellent, excellent, excellent. I like that. Because... The main, the main, the main reason for this podcast is to is to break so many limiting beliefs. Yeah, yeah. Of oh no, I can't do this. I my my I'm not good enough. 
you know, I can't speak, um, I can't speak the local language properly. I don't have the right accent. I don't have the right, you know, so many, yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, and the lack of clarity as well, because what you just laid down now, those who are listening to us right now, if they pause, they rewind and play it back, listen to this episode like two, three, four, five times, it will like ingrain in them like, you know what, I've been holding myself back and I need to, you know, come out, come out strong. And your second step was, was how to make money with your skills that you already have. What are you talking about here? Okay, so what I'm talking about here is basically um, we all have skills, right? You know, so you look at your skills and say, okay, what am I good at? And how I can help someone. So like I gave the example of the person who is good at, you know, gardening, right? That is a skill. Sometimes you don't need the flashy skills of web designer, graphic designer, you know, copywriter. You don't need those flashy skills. Sometimes it could be simple skills like learning how to write a resume, you know, learning how to write um, maybe a blog post, um, teaching people how to use the correct grammar, learning how to speak to, you know, someone, how to, or even teaching people like who are introverted, how to become more confident. I am introverted, right? You wouldn't know, to, you wouldn't think so, but I am actually an introvert. I wouldn't know because you're here giving me the, the energy is busting out from you, so I wouldn't know that. Yeah, but I, I'm actually an introvert, but if someone... How do you know you're introvert? You're here sharing your story with the world. You're telling me you're introvert. You, you, you spoke about the darkest secret. You're telling me you're introvert. How? Um, okay, basically, you know, like, I do have moments when I'm very shy. Like, I'll be in a room and people will be talking and sometimes I'm quiet. You know, sometimes being in, like, around a lot of people doesn't energize me. So I do have those moments of introversion, right? But I've learned to overcome it because I'm like, okay, I, my calling is bigger than my fear. And that's pushed me outside. But if I let go, like if I was to like say to myself, I'm an introvert, I'm too shy, I can't do this, then you would, I wouldn't be talking to you right now, right? Mm-hmm. So I've had to let go of that fear, that limiting belief to say, you know, let me go for it. You know, it's interesting. I only started really recently doing podcasts in August. Uh-huh. So, you know, <laughs> this is my, um, I think my seventh or eighth podcast I've done since August. And one thing I've learned. That is great. Thank you. So one thing I've, I've, I've gone through is like, when I go to the beginning, I was very shy. I was fumbling over my words. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, this is terrifying. But the more I did it, the better I became at it. So, you know, that's the same thing with when you've got a skill. The more you improve at it, the better you become to a point where you can teach it. And I think that's the thing with people. Like, they just look at their skills and say, okay, I've got A, B, C, D, and I can teach this. There's, you know, I'll give an perfect example for those people who feel like they can't do something because they, of the accident, or they can't speak proper English. There was this woman who, she's got a YouTube channel, but she is Russian. And she started teaching English to people who couldn't speak English. But her English was not the best. 
because of the accent, right? And there were certain things, but she was teaching people who maybe did not know English at all. And she was teaching them English. Though she had like, she had basic to intermediate levels in terms of the English language. And if you even go online and you look for, I forgot the name of the her YouTube channel, but she's an example. There are also a lot of examples of people from Asia who couldn't speak English and they were teaching people how to do something. So people really, honestly, people don't care about your accent. The only person who really cares about your accent is you. <laughs> a lot of people don't. You know, they just want to learn something. So, you know, if you teach them something, and they can literally be like, oh my word, you know, I don't care that this person has a, an accent different from me. I just want to learn something from them. And if you teach it in such a way where people can feel connected to you or relate to you, because nowadays the problem is there's so many gurus, but they know relatable people. And often you want the person who you can relate with rather than another guru saying, oh, this is how you could make money online. Because they're like, You've been there for 10, 15 years. Why should I listen to you? Like, the world is different from now. Yeah, I think I totally agree with what you're saying because the world is full of so many gurus who we can relate to it. Again, you go, you go, you go out and you want to like listen, you want to like get more relatable success stories. But these gurus are so far apart, they're so far from. I would say man mortal, like you rightly said, you've been there, you've been at the top for 10 years. Yeah. Been there for 15 years, 20 years, you've been crushing it. So this is my first step coming out of the gate. How can I change that you're saying does not actually like, but when you're like one step, two step ahead, you know the struggle. Yeah, you do. You know the you struggle. Do. I know the struggle that Africans are facing in the United Kingdom, in Europe, in America, wherever they are right now. I know the struggle. I know their mental, their mental bandwidth, how to, the, the struggle for them to open themselves. These are professionals. These are highly skilled individuals from Africa. They are well, they are really, really intelligent, articulated people, but they have that limiting belief. But I know that limiting belief that they have. These gurus, they don't. Yeah. Yeah. That is why we need to help our community to be more grounded. Like, you know, whatever you know, you can come out to teach someone, come out to be a service provider for someone. And I really, really like what you're doing. Thank you very much, Vanessa, for for your contribution to to, to <laughs> humanity. Well, thank you so much. You know, one of the things is that I'm always told is, um, or rather, one of the things I remind myself is, you know, like being an African in the diaspora is not easy because a lot of us go to the diaspora thinking that we're going to have a better life, like you said. And then once we get there, you know, life is not easier. It's harder. You know, we have to struggle in order for us to make ends meet. We have to work long hours. We spend less time with our family. And a lot of people, you know, they go there to make enough money to go back home, like eventually relocate back home or settle down back home, or even just live comfortably in the diaspora. And a lot of people don't have that because they are not in that country. But my thing is you don't have to necessarily be to struggle. You know, being in the diaspora, there's so many opportunities that, that are out there. 
You just need to be open to the idea of venturing out and using those opportunities and saying, you know, I can make money like this. I can make money like that. One of my products is, it's a basically a 51 page book, right? On all the ways you can make money. So it's 51 ideas, right? On how to make passive income overseas. And when you go through it, you realize how many things you can do overseas that you would never realize the, the opportunities are there because we're not trained to think of that. I mean, if you compare someone who's in the diaspora to someone who is maybe a local, you know, the way they look at certain things, not all of them, of course, not all of them, but a lot of them are like, okay, how can I use the opportunities that are there to help me? Whereas when you are an African in, in the diaspora, they some, there's this negative belief that I can't be a millionaire if I'm not in the country, or I can't live a comfortable life, or I need to have maybe a hundred million dollars to settle down, you know, and that is not even the truth. You know, sometimes it just takes a hundred thousand dollars to make your life different, right? Simply a hundred thousand dollars. You don't need to be an uber millionaire living on, you know, going on yachts and, you know, spending your time in, I don't know, Cancun or, you know, one of those <laughs> English islands, right, to live a great life. Sometimes it's just 100,000. And when you have that 100,000, you know, your life changes. Or even let's just say not even 100,000. Let's say uh, $1,000. What would an extra 500 to $1,000 do for your life? You realize that it will shift dramatically. Absolutely. Absolutely. You just thank you for pushing it. Thank you for pushing it. Thank you for pushing it. Yeah. <laughs> someone wants to, I believe, I feel someone wants to continue this conversation with you. How can they reach? Um, okay, so you can reach me on my website, but also you can go to one of the things on my website is I've got a YouTube channel. So the YouTube channel also lets you know all the ways you can make money online. And a lot of the stuff I talk about tends to be very beginner friendly and you don't need a lot of money to start. So you could also go on my page and look at the YouTube videos. You find the YouTube videos on the tab called Inspiring TV. So you can find that there. You can also go on my Instagram account, which is Vanessa Gora. That's my handle. And yeah. Alright, great. Don't forget the links, the links, all the links will be on the show notes. So she's got you. So I'm really, really grateful, Vanessa, for like hanging out with us. My absolute pleasure. This has been a very, very insightful and you know very relatable episode. Thank you. Thank you very much for your time and for also sharing with us your your backstory and how you got to where you're going, uh, get to where you are right now. And I wish you tremendous success in the future. You know, and yeah, and see you where you want to be in the future. It's it's amazing. Great times ahead of you, Vanessa. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah.